0: Hi, and welcome to episode 16 of Exploring Astrophysics, where I speak to people coming up with novel and exciting ways to further our understanding of the universe. Today, I'm joined by Sven Haydenreich, a PhD student at Bonn University, whose area of expertise is gravitational lensing. What is the main field of research in astrophysics that you're
1: interested in? Um, so i'm mostly interested in cosmology, which is really the origin and the workings of the universe. Um, so there are like other groups that that uh, are more interested in specific objects so there's a large field about stars, how, how they form how they originate. How they live how they die or also about galaxies or or many, many other compact objects like neutron stars, um, but cosmology really leaves all that side and just looks at the universe as a whole so um, yeah we we're interested in like yeah how how did the universe in uh, originate and what rules govern the universe um yeah that's that's my personal interest because i personally am also uh, one of the reasons i have gotten into astronomy is that it also philosophically interests me right i'm i think that's that's a question that drives everyone like why are we here uh, why does the universe exist? Why do we exist? And that's uh, something that we will probably never be able to answer, but we're gonna try.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So was was astronomy and astrophysics
0: was this something you started like you knew you wanted to do since you were young, or is it something you sort of transitioned
1: into? Uh, it's certainly something I transitioned into. I knew I wanted to do something with science. Mm-hmm. I was uh, like yeah, since school, I was very interested in math and in physics uh but astronomy well i mean i had a telescope as a kid i i like looking at the night sky but it was not something that like really particularly interested me um it really got in i really got into it after my master's so i i was studying math and then at the end of my master's i was for the first time really thinking about what do i actually want to do when i like yeah for 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 And I knew that I wanted to work in science, but I also knew that I didn't really want to work in math because that was too abstract for me. I wanted to do something that's like really about the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I applied for a position at the European Space Agency because that sounded really, really interesting. Uh, I did not get it, but uh, that, that position basically, yeah, made me realize that I'm really interested in this kind of stuff. So I decided to pursue a PhD in astronomy after that. So what sort of work are you doing as part of your PhD? Um, I mean, I I personally am doing a lot of like mathematical modeling and coding. Um, it really, it, it depends a bit which part of astronomy you're going into. There's very, very theoretical people that, that really just work with pen and paper and on some models and there's people that really sit at telescopes and observe and and build detectors um, so there's there's a whole range of specializations that you can get into um, i feel like for most astronomers uh, math and coding are a big big part of their life so um yeah in my personal daily life i work at my computer and 80 percent of the time I'm, I'm either working on some code debugging some code or looking at results from from some code so that's that's most of my my work time so as a phd you're you're doing
0: some research right Mm -hmm. yes so what is what is the end goal or what is what are you sort of
1: working towards i mean i personally am working towards establishing a new way to do statistical analysis on on certain data sets um if you want do you want me to elaborate a bit on that yes sure Okay, um, so there is the gravitational lensing effect. Uh, it's, a, it's a large branch of cosmology. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna explain it a bit. Stop me if, if you know this, right? Um, so, you know that like matter attracts other matter, which we just call gravitation. Um, uh, but matter also attracts light, which we don't observe in, in our everyday lives because light is very light and very fast. So, the effect is very, very small. Um, but yeah, when, when you have these really massive objects in the universe, like, like galaxies or, or clusters of galaxies, then this is really a measurable effect. And uh, so from basically from the amount of deflection, you can measure how much matter caused this deflection. And so you can infer the amount or the density of matter in the universe. Um, and yeah, I'm developing a new statistical method to look at this data in two basically get get more precise constraints on on the matter constants. What is this statistical method that you're
0: developing? Could you give sort of an overview? And also, you mentioned data sets. Are these sort of data from different surveys that that you're using? Or is it observations that you're taking
1: yourself? Yeah. uh, So to answer your first question, um, so uh, what, what we're normally doing is we're looking at shapes of galaxies, um, because when the light from a galaxy comes, travels through the matter distribution of the universe towards us, it gets uh, distorted in a very, very tiny amount by this matter. But when we look at a single galaxy, we can't really say how, what this distortion is, because we can't see the galaxy undistorted, we only see the distorted image and galaxies are not round, right? They're they're elliptical or they're spirals or they're discs or something. So they have some intrinsic shape and it's impossible to disentangle this intrinsic shape from from the distortion effect. So what we usually do is we look at pairs of galaxies um, that are close together on the sky because then also their light traveled through very similar distributions of matter, right? When they're close together on the sky, then and the light that travels to us also traverses similar parts of the universe, mm-hmm. and so the distortion between them is similar. And so, when we look at the at at billions of pairs of galaxies, and average this effect, then we can actually say, okay, on, on average, there's this much matter in the universe. Um, and so that's the that's the common method, the one that's already very well established. Um, And so the revolutionary idea that I'm pursuing is instead of looking at pairs of galaxies, you look at triplets of galaxies. Um, It's it's called higher order statistics. um, And the advantage is that you can get information from the smaller scales where really the the galaxies and galaxy clusters start to form because the information that lies in there, you cannot really get when you just look at pairs of galaxies. Um, and then your second question, I forgot, you have to remind me, I'm sorry. Uh, sure, uh, so it was the
0: data sets that you're using ah, for right. modeling? What is um,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm not doing any observations myself. I mean, no professional ones. We have a telescope at our Institute, which I'm sometimes using for fun because I like looking at galaxies, but um, no. I'm, I'm part of the Kilo degree survey, which is uh, well one collaboration that, uh, that surveyed uh, part of the sky. And there's, there's a large group of people working towards this. This is a big effort. Um, so some people are, are trying to infer the shapes of galaxies from the images. Other people are trying to infer the distances of the galaxies. And I'm basically the one that, that takes this information that these people give me and then say, OK, from, from the data you give me, this is uh, our, our uh, constraints on the cosmological models that we have. Um, yeah, then, then in the future, there's going to be very, very good new missions that are launching right now and are going to take data to, or going to start taking data in the next two, three years. Um, so we're we're going to see a huge influx in, in data quality and we need all people that we can find to, to work on that.
0: So the triplets of galaxies that you're using, this method, is it always applicable? Because surely there are times when you have only two group two galaxies that are close enough to be used, whereas you um, might not
1: have three all the time together. It's it's certainly always applicable. I mean, um, the kilo degree survey that I'm working on right now is observing of the order of ten million galaxies, um, and that's gonna increase by a factor of ten to hundred with the with a new generation surveys, um, and so. Well, yeah, okay, of course you cannot, like when you look at a certain part in the sky at a really, really small part of the sky, you may not find a triplet of galaxies. But what I'm doing is I'm just looking at all the triplets of galaxies and averaging over that. And so there's, the, the problem is more that our computers are not powerful enough to to co- compute all the triplets of galaxies that we observe than that we don't find triplets of galaxies. Do you, cause a lot of the other guests I have spoken to
0: have talked about machine learning is very important especially when you're trying to infer
1: these kind of things is that something you also are employing no i'm not using machine learning what i'm doing is really direct modeling um so we're we're trying to really work from first principles as much as we can we really say okay this is how we think the universal or the 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 um, the original meta distribution of the universe was This is how it evolved with time and this is then what we predict our statistics will look like. Um, It's it's certainly not gonna be the method that places the tightest constraints on our data because machine learning is insanely powerful and it can just find things that we cannot find. Um, But with machine learning, you also always have the difficulty of being really sure that the machine learning algorithm does what you want it to do right there's a lot of ways and a lot of examples where machine learning algorithms that were trained on some kind of data. Um, well, on the test data, they gave good results, but they trained on something completely different than what people wanted them to train on. And um, you have to be really, really careful with these kinds of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Have there been any big obstacles in, in this new statistical analysis that you've, you've had to overcome or are, or are overcoming now?
1: um yeah the biggest obstacle is really that they're computationally extremely expensive um i don't know how much you've done like how much programming you've done so far um uh, yeah a fair bit a fair bit okay so yeah the problem is that to well you need to measure the statistics right that's one thing you need to measure them on actual data and you also need to model them from your from your theoretical models and so on the modeling side, you have really highly dimensional integrals that are that you can't solve with pen and paper, right? You have you have to let your computer solve them, and yeah, since they're highly dimensional, they take of uh, they take a lot, of, quite a lot of computation time. Um, so actually, to solve that problem, we've started to use graphics cards uh, because they're actually really really powerful uh, tool to to solve these kinds of integrals, um, and also on the measuring side, you can assume. Uh, like assume for a new gen- generation survey, you really have a billion galaxies. Then to count all triplets, you have to do a billion times, a billion times a billion operations, which no computer can do. So you need to find some way to, to either just look at parts of the data or to to uh, devise tree codes, to yeah, shrink the amount of computation time that you need. So that's definitely so far the biggest obstacles we're, f- we're facing um but there's also some obstacles ahead that i don't expect to solve during my phd maybe afterwards um and there is that we have some other what well, we call them nuisance parameters that we can't really um estimate so for example we know that uh that uh, quasars or active galactic nuclei right these super massive black holes that are in the centers of galaxies mm-hmm. um they they are extremely energetic objects and they uh, they spew out baryons in all directions that are highly energetic and the same happens with supernova. So we know that this has an impact on the matter distribution on the, of the universe, but that's it, we don't really know how this impact works. And so um, this impact of the baryons also influences the statistics that we observe and we need to account for that. And so for, For second order statistics, when you just count pairs of galaxies, this has already been fairly well established, but so far the work for third order statistics for the triplets of galaxies is really in the in its baby shoes. Uh, There's a lot lot of work that still needs to be done uh, for for the for these baryonic effects, but also for other effects that we can't really uh, disentangle yet from from the actual observations that we want to do
0: what are the sort of techniques could you give me some examples of ways you're trying to trying to reduce like how expensive the operation of going through a billion times a billion times a billion galaxies is? so how you um reduce
1: that? yeah there, there are more or less two approaches with, uh, that you can do um, and one is tree codes so you say instead of i have a bunch of galaxies here i have a bunch of galaxies here and i have a bunch of galaxies here And so instead of going through all these single triplets between all these galaxies, I just say, okay, this galaxy, these galaxies here are represented by a node that has the average of all the galaxies here. Um, Mm -hmm. I just remembered that your viewers probably can't see me or your listeners can't see me, but yeah, you have galaxies in three parts of the sky that uh, groups of galaxies in three parts of the sky and instead of um taking all these triplets between all these single galaxies into account you say okay this group is represented by one node the other group is represented by another node and the third group is represented by a third node and i just compute the correlation between these three nodes mm-hmm. um, that is a very common approach that's also already used for second order statistics um, and then there is a very fancy new method to do that that To be honest i don't really understand how it works yet so i i don't feel confident telling you about it um but yeah there's there's new approaches that try to solve this um with really fancy mathematical operations um and we basically they have been developed for a different application where you don't look at shapes of galaxies but you just count the number of galaxies and more or less we're trying to see if we can also apply that to the shapes of galaxies
0: Mm -hmm. When your PhD is sort of coming to an end, maybe you, have, maybe you haven't thought about this yet, but so you, you said you're, you're interested broadly in cosmology. Do you have any ideas of what you plan on doing after your PhD?
1: Um, it's, it's a very fastly moving picture right now. I'm, I'm right now in the stage where I'm applying for jobs and having job interviews and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm planning to do a postdoctoral position or two. Yeah, to do work as a postdoctoral research assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm pursuing a career in academia, where I really stay in the field of cosmology and yeah, you know, try to establish myself there as a scientist. Um, I could also see myself working at uh, other, well, either other aerospace uh, industry or or other research organizations like the um, the ESA or NASA or something like that, um, if they will have me. Uh, yeah, the, those are right now my, my two ways that win, which I can see myself going. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, uh, I think that just brings me to the end of my question. So thank you very much for speaking to me. Yeah, thank you for your interest. It's, it's really
1: nice.